Section number one of Gray's Anatomy, part four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by M.L. Cohen. Anatomy of the Human Body, Part 4, by Henry Gray. Structure of the Nervous System, Part 1. The nervous system is the most complicated and highly organized of the various systems which make up the human body. It is the mechanism concerned with the correlation and integration of various bodily processes and the reactions and adjustments of the organism to its environment. In addition, the cerebral cortex is concerned with conscious life. It may be divided into two parts, central and peripheral. The central nervous system consists of the encephalon or brain contained within the cranium and the medulla spinalis or spinal cord lodged in the vertebral canal. The two portions are continuous with one another at the level of the upper border of the atlas vertebra. The peripheral nervous system consists of a series of nerves by which the central nervous system is connected with the various tissues of the body. For descriptive purposes, these nerves may be arranged in two groups, cerebrospinal and sympathetic, the arrangement, however, being an arbitrary one, since the two groups are intimately connected and closely intermingled. Both the cerebrospinal and sympathetic nerves have nuclei of origin, the somatic efferent and sympathetic efferent, as well as nuclei of termination, somatic afferent and sympathetic afferent, in the central nervous system. The cerebrospinal nerves are 43 in number on either side, 12 cranial attached to the brain and 31 spinal to the medulla spinalis. They are associated with the functions of the special and general senses and with the voluntary movements of the body. The sympathetic nerves transmit the impulses which regulate the movements of the viscera, determine the caliber of the blood vessels, and control the phenomena of secretion. In relation with them are two rows of central ganglia, situated one on either side of the middle line in front of the vertebral columns. These ganglia are intimately connected with the medulla spinalis and the spinal nerves, and are also joined to each other by vertical strands of nerve fibers so as to constitute a pair of knotted cords, the sympathetic trunks, which reach from the base of the skull to the coccyx. The sympathetic nerves issuing from the ganglia form three great prevertebral plexuses which supply the thoracic, abdominal, and pelvic viscera. In relation to the walls of these viscera, intricate nerve plexuses and numerous peripheral ganglia are found. Structure of the nervous system. The nervous tissues are composed of nerve cells and their various processes together with a supporting tissue called neuroglia, which, however, is found only in the brain and the medulla spinalis. Certain long processes of the nerve cells are of special importance, and it's convenient to consider them apart from the cells. They are known as nerve fibers. To the naked eye, a difference is obvious between certain portions of the brain and medulla spinalis, that is, the gray substance and the white substance. The gray substance is largely composed of nerve cells, while the white substance contains only their long processes, the nerve fibers. It is in the former that nervous impressions are received, stored, and transformed into efferent impulses, and by the latter that they are conducted. 
Hence, the gray substance forms the essential constituent of all the ganglionic centers, both those in the isolated ganglia and those aggregated in the brain and medulla spinalis, while the white substance forms the bulk of the commissural portions of the nerve centers and the peripheral nerves. Neuroglia Neuroglia, the particular ground substance in which are embedded the true nervous constituents of the brain and medulla spinalis, consists of cells and fibers. Some of the cells are stellate in shape with ill-defined cell body and their fine processes become neuroglial fibers which extend radially and unbranched among the nerve cells and fibers which they aid in supporting. Other cells give off fibers which branch repeatedly. Some of the fibers start from the epithelial cells lining the ventricles of the brain and central canal of the medulla spinalis and pass through nervous tissue branching repeatedly to end in slight enlargements on the pia mater. Thus, neuroglia is evidently a connective tissue in function, but is not so in development. It is ectodermal in origin, whereas all connective tissues are mesodermal. Nerve cells Nerve cells are largely aggregated in the gray substance of the brain and medulla spinalis. But smaller collections of these cells also form the swellings called ganglia seen on many nerves. These latter are found chiefly upon the spinal and cranial nerve roots and in connection with the sympathetic nerves. The nerve cells vary in shape and size and have one or more processes. They may be divided for purposes of description into three groups according to the number of processes which they possess. One unipolar cells, which are found in the spinal ganglia. The single process after a short course divides in a T-shaped manner. 2. Bipolar cells, also found in the spinal ganglia, when the cells are in an embryonic condition. They are best demonstrated in the spinal ganglia of fish. Sometimes the processes come off from opposite poles of the cell and the cell then assumes a spindle shape. In others, both processes emerge at the same point. In some cases, where two fibers are apparently connected with a cell, one of the fibers is really derived from an adjoining nerve cell and is passing to end in a ramification around the ganglion cell. Or, again, it may be coiled spirally around a nerve process which is issuing from the cell. 3. Multipolar cells which are pyramidal or stellate in shape and characterized by their large size and by the numerous processes which issue from them. The processes are of two kinds. One of them is termed the axis cylinder process or axon because it becomes the axis cylinder of a nerve fiber. The others are termed the protoplasmic processes or dendrons. They begin to divide and subdivide as soon as they emerge from the cell and finally end in minute twigs and become lost among the other elements of the nervous tissue. The body of the nerve cell, known as the cyton, consists of a finely fibrillated protoplasmic material of a reddish or yellowish brown color, which occasionally presents patches of a deeper tint caused by the aggregation of pigment granules at one side of the nucleus, as in the substantia nigra and locus ceruleus of the brain. The protoplasm also contains peculiar angular granules which stain deeply with basic dyes, such as methylene blue. 
These are known as Nissel's granules. They extend into the dendritic processes, but not into the axis cylinder. The small clear area at the point of exit of the axon is termed the cone of origin. These granules disappear, chromatolysis, during fatigue or after prolonged stimulation of the nerve fibers connected with the cells. They are supposed to represent a store of nervous energy and, in various mental diseases, are deficient or absent. The nucleus is, as a rule, a large, well-defined spherical body, often presenting an intranuclear network and containing a well-marked nucleolus. In addition to the protoplasmic network described above, each nerve may be shown to have delicate neurofibrils running through its substance. These fibrils are continuous to the fibrils of the axon and are believed to convey nerve impulses. Golgi has also described an extracellular network, which is probably a supporting structure. Nerve fibers. Nerve fibers are found universally in the peripheral nerves and in the white substance of the brain and medulla spinalis. They are of two kinds, that is, medullated or white fibers and non-medullated or gray fibers. The medullated fibers form the white part of the brain and medulla spinalis and also the greater part of every cranial and spinal nerve and give to these structures their opaque white aspect. When perfectly fresh, they appear to be homogeneous, but soon after removal from the body, each fiber presents, when examined by transmitted light, a double outline or contour, as if consisting of two parts. The central portion is named the axis cylinder. Around this is a sheath of fatty material, staining black with osmic acid, named the white substance of Schwann or medullary sheath, which gives to the fiber its double contour and the whole is enclosed in the delicate membrane, the neurolemma, primitive sheath, or nucleated sheath of swan. The axis cylinder is the essential part of the nerve fiber and is always present. The medullary sheath and the neurolemma are occasionally absent, especially at the origin and termination of the nerve fiber. The axis cylinder undergoes no interruption from its origin in the nerve center to its peripheral termination and must be regarded as a direct prolongation of a nerve cell. It constitutes about one-half or one-third of the nerve fiber, being greater in proportion in the fibers of the central organs than in those of the nerves. It is quite transparent and is therefore indistinguishable in a perfectly fresh and natural state of the nerve. It is made up of exceedingly fine fibrils, which stain darkly with gold chloride, and at its terminations may be seen to break up into these fibrillae. The fibrillae have been termed the primitive fibrillae of Schulze. The axis cylinder is said by some to be enveloped in a special reticular sheath which separates it from the medullary sheath and is composed of a substance called neurokeratin. The more common opinion is that this network or reticulum is contained in the white matter of Schwann and by some it is believed to be produced by the action of the reagents employed to show it. The medullary sheath, or white matter of Schwann, is regarded as being fatty matter in a fluid state, which insulates and protects the essential part of the nerve, the axis cylinder. It varies in thickness, in some forming a layer of extreme thinness so as to be scarcely distinguishable, in others forming about one half of the nerve fiber. The variation in diameter of the nerve fibers, 
from 2 to 16 microns, depends mainly upon the amount of mite substance, though the axis cylinder also varies within certain limits. The medullary sheath undergoes interruptions in its continuity at regular intervals, giving the fiber the appearance of constriction at these points. These are known as the nodes of Ranvier. The portion of nerve fiber between two nodes is called an internodal segment. The neurolemma, or primitive sheet, is not interrupted at the nodes, but passes over them as a continuous membrane. If the fiber be treated with silver nitrate, the reagent penetrates the neurolemma at the nodes, and on exposure to light reduction takes place, giving rise to the appearance of black crosses, Ranvier's crosses, on the axis cylinder. There may also be seen transverse lines beyond the nodes termed Froman's lines. The significance of these is not understood. In addition to these interruptions, oblique clefts may be seen in the medullary sheath, subdividing it into irregular portions which are termed medullary segments or segments of lanternman. There is reason to believe that these clefts are artificially produced in the preparation of these specimens. Medullated nerve fibers, when examined in the fresh condition, frequently present a beaded or varicose appearance. This is due to manipulation and pressure causing the oily matter to collect into drops, and in consequence of the extreme delicacy of the primitive sheath, even slight pressure will cause the transudation of the fatty matter, which collects as drops of oil outside the membrane. The neurolemma, or primitive sheath, presents the appearance of a delicate structureless membrane. Here and there beneath it, and situated in depression in the white matter of Schwann, are nuclei surrounded by a small amount of protoplasm. The nuclei are oval and somewhat flattened, and bear a definite relation to the nodes of Ranvier, one nucleus generally lying in the center of each internode. The primitive sheath is not present in all medullated nerve fibers, being absent in those fibers which are found in the brain and medulla spinalis. Wallerian Degeneration when nerve fibers are cut across, the central ends of the fibers degenerate as far as the first node of Ranvier, but the peripheral ends degenerate simultaneously throughout their whole length. The axons break up into fragments and become surrounded by drops of fatty substance which are formed from the breaking down of the medullary sheath. The nuclei of the primitive sheath proliferate and finally absorption of the axons and fatty substance occurs. If the cut ends of the nerve be sutured together, regeneration of the nerve fibers takes place by the downgrowth of axons from the central end of the nerve. At one time it was believed that the regeneration was peripheral in origin, but this has been disproved. The proliferated nuclei in the peripheral portions taking part merely in the formation of the so-called scaffolding along which the new axons pass. Non-medulated fibers most of the fibers in the sympathetic nervous system and some of the cerebrospinal consist of gray or gelatinous nerve fibers, fibers of Ramac. Each of these contain an axis cylinder to which nuclei are applied at intervals. These nuclei are believed to be in connection with a delicate sheath corresponding with the neurolemma of the medullated nerve fiber. In external appearance, the non-medulated nerve fibers are semi-transparent and gray or yellowish gray. The individual fibers vary in size, generally averaging about half the size of the medullated fibers. End of section 1